Welcome to Choice Classic Radio. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and help keep this show alive by donating at choiceclassicradio.com. For more of your favorite old-time radio shows, join us on our companion podcast, Choice Classic Radio Mystery, Suspense, Dramas, and Horrors, where we bring to you the most mysterious tales that the golden age of radio had to offer. And now... With over 200 episodes made, originally airing on NBC Radio Network from 1944 to 1950, we bring to you Boston Blackie. Because you weren't in the mood for a movie. Yeah, wait, I'll open the door for you. It's funny, it's locked. Funny, that's amazing. I didn't think the door to your apartment was ever locked. No, oh, I guess I locked it by accident when we went out. Well, I'm glad to see you used keys to open the doors. Turning on it, huh? Oh, I, Jimmy, my own every now and then, just to keep in practice. <laughs> you don't need it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I do need, something to do. We walked out on that movie so soon, we still have an evening to kill. Well, I know the first thing you can do, you can turn on the lights. It's dark in here. How's that? Oh, Blackie, you're wonderful. Yeah, that's what I keep telling myself. That's where I must have heard it. <laughs> Darling, the dining room doors are closed. Why? None of your business. But they're never closed. They're closed now. What are you hiding? Nothing. You stay out of there, and I mean out. Oh, now you have me curious. You go in the dining room, and what you just said will be famous last words. I'll get the cards out of the den. Don't hurry. Now, you behave yourself. Yes, Daddy. Now, just what is he hiding in there? I'm going to see. I wonder. Ah! Rocky! Harry, I told you not to look in the dining room. No wonder you didn't want me to look. You're hiding a dead man in there. And now, back to Dick Calmer as Boston Blackie. Enemy to those who make him an enemy. Friend to those who have no friend. Mary, you have to listen to me. Now, please. Oh, no, Blackie. You don't pull anything like this on me and get away with it. Goodbye. Wait, Mary, please. Believe me. I didn't know that body was in the dining room. Oh, you didn't. Then why were the dining room doors closed? Because I closed them. And why was the apartment door locked? I don't know. I told you I must have locked it by accident. And I suppose it was just an accident that you didn't want me to look in the dining room. I can explain that, You don't have to explain anything. It's all very clear. I've strung along with you through every jam you've been in, but this is too much. You're hiding a body in your apartment. I saw it. I've never believed you ever did anything wrong, but this time I have to. I saw it with my own eyes. Mary, what's the matter with you? There's nothing the matter with me. It's what's the matter with you. I don't know what you've done or why you had to kill that man, and I don't want to know. I'm through. Mary, please don't go. Your telephone's ringing. If it's Inspector Faraday, try to talk yourself out of that body in there. Goodbye. Mary, wait, will you? No. Oh, now what? Hello. Uh, hello, Blackie. This is Charlie Kingston. Charlie, I can't talk to you just now. Let me call you back, will you? Look, Blackie, this is urgent. It'll have to wait, Charlie. But it can't. 
Now what have you done? Gambled a $100,000 diamond again or let one of your employees swindle you out of $3 million? Look, Blackie, this is no time for jokes. I have to see you right away. It may be a long time before anyone can see me, Charlie, even you. I have a dead body up here. Uh, what? A dead body, spelled C-O-R-P-S-E. And I'm calling the police right away. But I need your help first. Now, don't call the police until I've talked to you about the trouble I'm in. Oh, all right. Where are you now? I'm at my apartment. You've got to be up here right away. Now, uh, let's get this straight, Miss Smith. Your house was robbed by two men at what time tonight? About 8.30, Inspector Faraday. You were in your living room. You heard a noise upstairs, went up to investigate, and saw two men stepping out of your bedroom window onto the porch roof. But you didn't get a look at their faces, huh? No, I'm sorry I didn't, Inspector. So then you got your pistol out of the closet and got to the window in time to fire one shot at them, huh? Yes. By the time I got to the window with my gun, the men were running across the lawn. But I'm sure I hit one of them. Mm. He fell just after I fired and the other one helped him up. Is uh, this the gun you use, Miss Smith? Yes, it is, Inspector. I have a permit for it. Well, I'll have to keep this a while. Just routine. That's perfectly all right. Now, uh, this paper here contains a list of everything the two men stole. As huh? near as I could make out with a quick inventory. Yeah. Uh, really, the only thing of value is a pearl necklace with a ruby clasp. I see. I'd certainly like to have that back. It costs $5,000. You'll get it back, Miss Smith. As soon as we get one or both of the men who robbed your house. And the way I work, say how long can that be? I don't know, Inspector. Do you? <laughs> Yes, sir. Yeah, hello, Jenkins. Oh, good evening, sir. Where's Mr. Kingston, Jenkins? He said he wanted to see me right away. Mr. Kingston isn't here, sir. He hasn't been for three days. Well, of course he's here. He phoned me from here less than half an hour ago. Mr. Kingston's in Chicago. I'm not expecting him until tomorrow, But sir. I talked to him myself. He said he was here and for me to come right over. Someone must be playing a joke on you, sir. Mr. Kingston's phoned me from Chicago only an hour ago, sir. Well, somebody's crazy. Aren't you sure it was Mr. Kingston on the phone, sir? Yes, Jenkins, I'm sure of it. I'd know his voice anywhere. Tell me, is Mr. Kingston in some kind of trouble? No more than the usual trouble all important businessmen are bound to have, sir. Well, thanks, Jenkins. You're welcome, sir. Good night, sir. Good night, Jenkins. And what a night. shouldn't. Well, I accused you of killing that man, and I know you didn't. <laughs> now you sound more like the Mary Wesley I know. You mean more like the Mary Wesley who knows you. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Oh, darling. Are the police on their way up? No, not yet. I haven't called them. Oh, Blackie, but you have to. Oh, I'm going to in just a minute. I had to go out. I had a call from Charlie Kingston to come over to his house right away. Oh, how is Charlie? 
I don't know. He wasn't there. And he hasn't been there for three days. I thought you said he called you from his house. Well, that's the weird part of it. That's what he told me, exactly. Were you sure it was Charlie? Yes, I'm sure of it, but Jenkins is butler says Charlie's in Chicago. Funny. Yes, but not funny. Ha-ha. Yeah, I know how you feel. That body in your dining room was funny, too, but not funny. Ha-ha. Just think what a big laugh it'll be if Faraday comes in and finds that body here before I get around to telling him. I wish you'd told me about it before I looked in the dining room. Believe me, Mary, I really didn't know it was there. Well, then why did you tell me not to look in the dining room? I had a reason. I'm sure you did, darling, but I'd like to know what it is. Well, I'll tell you. Uh, wait, Mary, there's the doorbell. I'll call you back. All right. Bye. Bye. Come in. Hello, Blackie. Why, hello, Faraday, old pal. <laughs> oh, what do you say we go downstairs and have a nice hot cup of coffee? I just had a nice hot cup of coffee. Well, then join me while I have one. All right, Blanky. What's up here you don't want me to see? Me? Very funny, Blanky. But I'm not in the mood for jokes tonight. There's a guy going around town with a bullet wound in his chest and a $5,000 pearl necklace in his pocket. The pearls have a ruby clasp. You don't say. I do say. But uh, why say it's me? Because it was a two-man job. They got away with the jewelry, but not before one of the men got a bullet through him. Who shot him? The gal they robbed. Jacqueline Smith. I still say, why tell all this to me? Well, maybe you didn't listen to me. I said it was a two-man job. One man was shot. That could have been your pal Shorty. The other one might have been you. Okay. Where do I sign the confession? I said the other one might have been you. You mind if I uh, look around? Yes, I do mind, but I'm sure that won't stop you. That's right. I guess I'll start with the dining room. Oh, Faraday, I have a wonderful kitchen. Yeah, I know. But this dining room, I've never seen those doors closed before. No. Now, keep away from me. I'm opening this dining room door. Now, uh, now look, Faraday, uh, don't get any ideas. I thought you were the one who said I didn't have brains enough to get one. Well, huh? Hey, what's the idea of the gun in your hand? Uh, Faraday, didn't you... Wait a minute. What's the matter with you? Have you lost your mind? I turn around, you got a gun on me. You didn't see a... I didn't see a anything. Well, there... There isn't anything in the dining room? No, but there's something in your hand. A gun. Oh. Oh, oh. oh I'm sorry, Faraday. I, I, I was just taking it out of my pocket to put it away. Yeah. Well, put it away then, will you? Sure, sure. How's, how's this in the drawer here? Oh, that's better. Now I can look around the rest of this joint without keeping an eye on you. Specifically, Faraday, uh, just what are you looking for besides trouble for me? A wounded man and a pearl necklace. Well, I don't know where I'd keep a wounded man around here, but if I had a pearl necklace, I think I'd keep it in my safe. All right. Let's start with the safe. It's right here on the wall behind this picture. Oh, you've been seeing too many movies. I think you're right, Faraday. As a matter of fact, Mary and I walked out on one about 11 o'clock tonight. What are you trying to do? Establish an alibi? Come on, hurry up. Open that safe. It's never locked, Faraday. Even you could open it. A little practice. All you do is this. Come on, come on. Take the stuff out. Let me have a look at it. All right. Hey, what's this? A string of pearls, Faraday, with a ruby clasp. But so help me, I've never seen them before. Well, look what I have, Lackey. A gun. And you've never seen this before. Faraday, believe me, I don't know how these pearls got here. You don't have anything on me. I don't have anything on you, huh? Only the goods and a gun... And now, back to Boston Blackie. Mary Wesley discovered a man's body in Blackie's dining room, 
after Blackie warned her not to look in that particular room. Mary leaves in a hop, and Blackie gets an urgent call from his friend, Charlie Kingston, to come to his house at once. Blackie goes to his house, only to learn that Kingston has not been in town for three days. Back in his apartment, Blackie is forced to let Inspector Faraday search the place. Much to Blackie's relief, the dead body is missing, but Blackie's in a jam when Faraday finds stolen pearls in Blackie's safe. As we return to our story, Faraday is getting ready to take Blackie to headquarters. If you take me to headquarters for this, Faraday, you'll only be making a fool of yourself. Look, Blackie, that pearl necklace is hot, and it was in your safe. But I tell you, I don't know how it got there. Well, I do. You put it there. Look, if I'd known it was there, would I have opened the safe as willingly as I did? I don't know. You know I wouldn't. Pete's sake, I'm not that stupid. Uh, nobody is. Not even you. Now put that gun away, will you? No. And now that you mentioned guns, you pulled a gun on me when I went to look in the dining room. Why? You'll never believe it, Faraday. Uh, I never do anyhow. Why did you yank out your gun when I looked in the dining room? Because I thought there was a dead body on the floor in there. A dead body. You expect me to believe that? No. I told you you wouldn't. If there was a body in there, why isn't it there now? I don't know. Well, do you know how it got there? No. I suppose it walked in there, laid down and died, then decided it didn't like the place, and so got up and walked away. Faraday, along with all the other things that have happened tonight, that wouldn't surprise me at all. That body in your dining room. Ha! Look, if you have to lie to me, Blackie, why don't you tell me something I can believe? Anyhow, I belong at headquarters, and that's where I'm going. And you're not taking me with you. This is really an unusual night. No, I'm not taking you with me. But I am taking these pearls. What are you going to do with them, Inspector? Give them back to the oysters? No, but if Jacqueline Smith identifies them, I'm going to shut you up like a clam. No, Blackie, don't tell me. Inspector Faraday's chasing you again. I won't tell you, Mary, because he isn't exactly. Do you mean you haven't called the police about that body yet? I, I didn't have to, Mary. Faraday came up to see me of his own accord. Oh, I can just imagine what happened when he found the body. Then you have a wonderful imagination. He didn't find it. What? It disappeared as mysteriously as it appeared. Oh, Blackie, you're joking. I wish I were. I also wish I knew how a string of stolen pearls got in the safe in my apartment. Stolen pearls? Stolen at about 8.30 tonight from the home of Jacqueline Smith by two men. Smith shot one of the men, but they both got away. Well, Blackie, I have it. That body in your apartment is the man who was shot by the Smith girl. He came to your apartment wounded, put the pearls in your safe, and then died. Hmm. That's what I've been figuring, too, except that it doesn't make sense. I didn't know the dead man. Well, at least that shows I was thinking yeah, I've got to do more than think. I've got to admit... Oh, hold it a minute, darling. Hello? Uh, hello, Mary. Yes? Uh, Mary, this is Charlie Kingston. Oh, oh, Charlie, where are you? If that's Kingston's, I want to talk uh, to you. I'm at home, Mary. Is Blackie there? Yes, yes, just a minute. Blackie wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to me. I want to talk to him. Here. Hello, Charlie. Where are you, in Chicago? No, I'm at home. I've been calling you all over town. Look, what's going on? You called me earlier tonight and told me to meet you at your house. Yes, I know, and Jenkins told you I was in Chicago. Well, what's the idea? I told him to tell everybody that. Now, look, Blackie, I want to see you right away. Well, that's what you said once before. I know, and I want you to meet me here at my house. You said that before, too, and you weren't at home. Look, I, I can't explain over the telephone, but I'll be waiting for you this time. 
You'd better be. Uh, hurry, will you, Blackie? Bring Mary and put plenty of gas in your car. I'm going somewhere and you've got to drive me. Hmm, that's a switch. All night long, things have been driving me crazy. going, Charlie? My country lodge, Mary. Look, Charlie, I'm in no mood to make excursions out into the country in the middle of the night. I have troubles in town. And so do I, Charlie. Well, look, you haven't done anything but tell me where to drive and sit there and watch for police cars. Either tell me what's worrying you or let me worry about my own problems. When I tell you what's been worrying me, your troubles will be over. When we get to my lodge, you'll find the body you saw in your apartment. What? Charlie, what have you been up to? My neck, trying to help someone. Now listen. Oh. The dead man's name is John Sully. He used to be my chauffeur in Chicago. He called me yesterday and said he was in town and was going to see his wife for the first time in ten years. Is that important? I'm just telling you everything from the beginning. Uh, turn at the next crossroad, will you? I know the way to your lunch. Go on with your story, Charlie. Well, uh, the next I heard from Sully was last night. He phoned and said he was in trouble and had a string of pearls he had to get rid of. He begged me not to call the police, and so I told him to come up to my house. This is making a lot of sense. His body ended up in my apartment. He said he was hurt and couldn't make it to my house. He was near your place when he phoned, so I sent him to your apartment. I knew your door was always unlocked, and I knew you were out with Mary. Oh, I see what happened now, Charlie. Sully went to Blackie's apartment, locked the door, and then died. Blackie and I walked out of the movies early and found him before you did. And then you telephoned, got Blackie out of the apartment, went to Blackie's yourself, and took that body out. That's exactly what I did, Mary. In fact, I was in your building, Blackie, when I phoned you... I saw the lights on in your apartment and phoned to see if you'd discovered Sully. Oh, I found him all right. His body. Well, that's why I called you away from your apartment. I, I didn't want you in trouble for something I'd done. So after you left, I went upstairs, took the pearls from Sully and hid them in your safe, and then brought his body out here to my lodge. Speaking of your lodge, Charlie, here it is. Oh, uh, I put his body just inside the door. Come on. Hey, hey, wait for me. Oh, I'm sorry, Mary. Here, give me your hand. Thanks. Here's the key to the door, Blackie. Open it, will you? Thanks. Blackie? What are we going to do with this body? The only thing we can do, Mary, take it to Faraday. Is that smart, Blackie? It's smarter than carting it around the country. Wait, I'll turn on the light. Well, there's the body again. Yep, it's the same one, all right. Hmm. Killed by a bullet wound in the back. From fairly close range, too. Well, uh, shall we take it back to town? Yes, Charlie, then you and Mary take it to Faraday. What are you going to do? I'm going to see this Jacqueline Smith. She can identify Sully as one of the men who robbed her house. I can prove to Faraday how those pearls got into my safe and I'll be in the clear. Clear? I know it's rather late, Miss Smith, but I'm Boston Blackie and I have a I few... I know. Boston Blackie can be excused for anything. Or so I've heard. I'm beginning to worry about what you've heard. But that's beside the point. Miss Smith... You fired at one of the men who robbed you, didn't you? Yes. I think I wounded one of them. You did more than wound him, Miss Smith. He's dead. Oh, good. How awful. Well, you really shouldn't feel that way about it, Miss Smith. You want to be blamed for what you did. You know, I I never thought... Well, I, I just can't say the thought that I killed someone. Maybe you'd better sit down. Yes, I, I think I'd better. The man's body is at the police morgue, or will be very soon. I'm afraid you'll be asked to come and identify it if you can. Do I have to? 
It's routine in cases like this, Miss Smith. But there'll be pictures in the paper, won't there? And a story? There might be, yes. But there can't be. I'm being married next week to Roger Vincent. His family's so stuffy, they'll never understand if I'm in the paper for... for killing someone. Don't worry about it. Your name is Smith, and there are so many Smiths in this town, the Vincent family will never notice it. Just look at this guy and let me know if he's the man who robbed you, Miss Smith. All right, Inspector Faraday. I'll try. Roll him out, Joe. Yeah. Study yourself, Miss Smith. There's nothing to this. I'm all right. Thanks, Becky. All right, Joe. Pull back the sheet a little. There. Is that the guy, Miss Smith? I don't know. I didn't get a very good look at him. Well, can't you make a, uh, a positive identification? No, I'm sorry. I can't. I just got a glimpse of those men going out through the window. Okay, Joe. Roll them back in. Oh. I'm sorry. I can't be of any help to you, Inspector. You didn't have to be, Miss Smith. I just wanted you to see the body as a double check. I already knew this was one of the guys who robbed you. You do? How? The gun you gave him. My ballistics report shows it's the gun that shot and killed this guy. I'm awfully sorry. Sorry? Why should you be sorry? You know who this guy was? John Sully, with a police record longer than a roll of ticker tape. Thanks to your marksmanship, I have just one less crook to worry about. Faraday, I'm ashamed of you. I never thought you, an alleged officer of the law, would compliment a murderess. A what? I certainly hope you're trying to be funny. Maybe you think murder is funny, Miss Smith, but I don't. You didn't just kill John Sully, you murdered him. And there's a big difference. Why should I kill him? I'd never seen him before. Yeah, Blackie, how do you answer that? Very simply, Faraday. John Sully used to chauffeur for Charlie Kingston. So what? So a few days ago, he told Kingston he was going to see his wife. They'd been separated for ten years, but she'd suddenly written that she wanted to see him. And what kind of a story is this? A lonely heart's melodrama? It's the story of a very clever plan for murder, Faraday. When Sully went to see his wife, she gave him a string of very expensive pearls, saying he could sell them. Then, as soon as his back was turned, she shot him. What is this to do with me? It has a lot to do with you, Miss Smith, because you're John Sully's wife. That's a lie. Then it's a very strange coincidence that court records in this town show that 11 years ago, John Sully married a Jacqueline Smith. I looked at those records myself before I came to see you. Oh, I see. So you'd never seen this man before, huh? Not for 10 years, I hadn't. I knew him when I saw him here, but I didn't want to admit that I was his wife. Not with the police record he has. And I didn't see him when he robbed my house. All I saw were the figures of two men. That's right, Blackie. It could be coincidence that she shot her own husband, thinking he was just a robber. Yes, it could be, Faraday, except for one thing. Just an hour ago, this woman told me she was going to marry Roger Vinson next week. How would she feel free to marry unless she knew her husband was dead? Hey, Miss Smith, how about that? I heard he was dead several years ago. You knew he was dead or dying, Miss Smith, because you shot him. And not while he was running across the lawn, as you said, but while he was standing not two feet away from you. Oh. Powder burns on his coat prove that. Oh. Catch up, Lucky. She's fainted. I've got a Faraday. She's passed out. But you've got her for murder. <laughs> Satisfied now, Mary? Of course I am, Blackie. As soon as I got home, I phoned you and apologized, didn't I? So you know I'm not the killer? I'm not sure about that. Hey, what do you mean by that crack? Well, on occasions you kill me. Oh, Mary, that's terrible. Oh, I know it is. I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry I was so curious about what you were hiding in the dining room, too. <laughs> Let's not go into that again. Now, wait a minute. There's just one little point you haven't explained yet. Uh-oh. I have you, don't I? Just why didn't you want me to look in that dining room? Must I tell you tonight? Tonight. Can't it wait until tomorrow? Why can you tell me tomorrow, not tonight? Because, my curious little friend, tomorrow is your birthday. Oh. And if you hadn't been so shocked by that body on the dining room floor, you'd have seen that my dining room table is covered with birthday presents for you. Oh, black. So, happy birthday, Mary. Oh, and many happy returns of the day. But let's hope we never have another night like this. That concludes today's episode. We'd like to thank you and remind you to donate at choiceclassicradio.com. Remember, your donations make episodes like this possible.